Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here's Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. We're going to talk about the Chiefs and the Ravens coming up uh, on Sunday afternoon in uh, Baltimore. Kansas City currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog in that game. Jesse, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going well. So I've watched the Ravens play a lot. I've watched the Chiefs play a lot. The Ravens have looked to me, and as good as the, as the Chiefs have been and, and are, and I respect everything about them, the Ravens look to me like they've been somewhat – they've kind of separated themselves to some degree. Is three-and-a-half points enough, you think? Yeah, it depends on your perspective here. Um, to your point, I mean, if you look at some of the numbers out there, I, I really respect the NBA, which is kind of one that looks at every play that you've had and you compares it to, you know, what you've done against um, schedule-adjusted defense and offense. And Baltimore right now is like a historically good team. I mean, like top five in the last 30 or 40 years since this thing has been tracked. And so to your point, yes, the, the numbers are back up exactly what you're saying, which is the Ravens have sort of separated themselves as one of the elite teams, not only this year, but of recent memory. Uh, the, the problem for them in this particular game is that, you know, what Chiefs team are they going to face? Because that offense that I saw from the Chiefs on Sunday was not the offense I saw the rest of the year. That was the 2019 offense. That was the 2020 offense. That was the best of the best of the best of Patrick Mahomes and a really good Travis Kelsey. And we haven't seen that all uh, throughout the course of the year. So, I think there is a little bit of, at least when it comes to betters or Vegas, uh, there's a little bit of hesitation to go too far in the way uh, toward the Ravens just because um, this version of the Chiefs, what we saw against the Bills, is unlike the previous version of the Chiefs that we saw for so much of the regular season. So if Mahomes is just going to have one of those vintage performances again, this matchup might be closer than we think, and that's probably that line hasn't moved quite as much. But to your point, I, I do think Baltimore is really, really good. I think they have separated themselves not only – among teams this year, but maybe some teams here of the recent past. Yeah, so the things you were just talking about uh, kind of uh, relate to my question a little bit. I was going to ask you kind of what will have happened if the Chiefs get to and and win the Super Bowl. Will it be because they found the the rewind to their offense back to, like you said, 2019? Is it because Rasheed Rice is now a number one receiver? Is it coaching? Is it they've played three teams who don't have the experience of of winning these games? Or is it just kind of a combination of all of those things? Yeah, I mean, I think the number one thing would be this is football, and this is the NFL especially, and this is where the Chiefs have the advantage. Good offense beats good defense. Uh, I think you saw a great example of this past Chiefs game against the Bills where Jerry Steen hasn't given up a touchdown all year. The Chiefs seem to have Josh Allen scramble mode under pressure, and he rolls out to his left and just throws a dart in the end zone to Khalil Shakir, who catches it on a knee and rolls out of bounds, and it's just perfect execution. You know what I mean? Like the Chiefs did things well in that play defensively. You know, they flushed him. They had good coverage. They had things mostly covered up, and – it doesn't matter. You know, if you're a good offense, you can overcome that. I remember we talked last year about, hey, the Chiefs were facing the number one defense in the NFL and the, the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. How will their offense do against a really good defense? 
Well, in a little possession game, they scored 38 points and then won 38 to 35. I mean, that's that's a, the ticket to the Chiefs' success is just, you know, can you game plan something against the Ravens that's going to work, and then can your quarterback just be better than the other quarterbacks? Can he just elevate your team so much that most of this other stuff just doesn't matter? And, and sort of like that Josh Allen play to Khalil Shakir where the Chiefs' defense did a lot of good things, but it didn't matter because the quarterback makes a really good play, the receiver makes a really good play. Uh, that's your hope if you're a Chiefs fan is just that all the rest of this stuff that's happened earlier in the season and that's happened throughout the season, both for the Chiefs and for the Ravens, it just doesn't matter as much because all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes is going to play at his Hall of Fame level and the absolute top of the top of what he's done. And if that happens, then this should be a great game. Well, I'm listening to you, and I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it all out. We're talking with Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star because I agree with you. If the Chiefs are the Chiefs, uh, that we saw in previous years, they certainly are capable of beating anybody. But like you talked about, and like I believe, I think the Ravens are a team that maybe is better than any team we've seen in the last uh, 10 years or so, maybe even including those great Chiefs team because they do it on both sides of the football. They have an MVP caliber quarterback. They run the ball extremely well. They've had receivers develop. They got Mark Andrews coming back. Uh, I, I feel like I'm not giving the Chiefs enough of a chance here, uh, and and I I feel like that could burn me, Jesse. It's tough. I mean, listen, guys, just true serum here. Like I picked the Bills to win last week, and I read all the Mahomes underdog stats. I knew all of them. I knew he'd be motivated to play against them, and I just thought, you know, Josh Allen's pretty good too. The Bills have been pretty good throughout the course of the season. Those Bills fans are going to be nuts, and they were nuts. I mean, the Chiefs couldn't hear themselves on the field and had to go to, you know, mostly nonverbal communication. And in the end, it just didn't matter. You know, like Mahomes was so good, it didn't matter. And, and to your point, Bob, I mean, the difference with the Chiefs defense is when the Chiefs were up late in that game by three points and it's a two-minute warning, four or five years ago, you'd have been like, oh, no, the Bills are going to score this touchdown here with like four seconds left, and there's nothing the Chiefs can do about it, and there's going to be no time left because – they're absolutely not going to mismanage the clock after the 13-second game. You know what I mean? This version of the Chiefs' defense, you know, heated up Josh Allen a little bit, got him uncomfortable, got two incompletions in a row, and forced a really long field goal attempt that Tyler Bass didn't make. So there is a little bit more balance there on that end, too. I, I, I was kind of thinking about this. I mean, to your point, I could, I think if this game gets away from one of the teams, it's going to be from the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like, like I can envision a scenario where things go well for the Ravens, the Chiefs get behind, they play a little desperate, they're not blocking well. You know, they're getting after Mahomes. He's getting frustrated, trying to play the playmaker role. And this thing kind of unravels a little bit, maybe a little bit reminiscent of the Super Bowl. But I could definitely foresee a scenario sort of like the Bills game, which we just saw in front of our own eyes, which is really good team, really good quarterback, really good staff, uh, you know, pretty good defense. And it just it, – it's Mahomes. It's, it's like there's nobody on the planet you'd rather have on your side than this guy. And, oh, by the way, Travis Kelsey – after he took week 18 off, is looking a little bit better. And the Chiefs coaches are really stepping up their game in the postseason. They're finding answers in the run game and the pass game against their specific opponents. So you add all those things up, and, and I think that does even things up a little bit, even if Classic history game. would tell us throughout the course of this season. Yeah, yeah, it, it, history tells us the course of the season that the Ravens should win this game, but it has all the makings of a classic game because you have Mahomes and the underdog factor and him being so good in big games, and uh, that is the ultimate wild card. 
I think I just had an epiphany, and here's well, we'll what we'll be the judge. Here's, and I'm not going to exactly tell <laughs> you the epiphany, but it it relates to this question: How much do you think the regular season uh, has come to mean to the Chiefs? You see teams in the NBA; they're they're resting guys. Let's let's get our 45 wins, and you, we know we have the talent enough to get in the tournament and and potentially win it. And the Chiefs don't do that. I'm not saying they take it easy or anything, but with Patrick Mahomes, you know you're going to get 11 wins. You can just roll the ball out there. Uh, do you think the regular season still means as much to Kansas City as maybe it did five years ago? Well, I'm not sure it means as much, but you know, they're trying to win those games, and they're trying to get the one seed because that makes this path way easy. You know what I mean? We're having a different discussion if this game's an arrowhead. All of a sudden, it's a, a 50-50 coin toss game, even if we think the Ravens are better. I think what happened – I mean, the Chiefs are obviously frustrated throughout the course of the season with their offense and the things that were going wrong and the penalties and the mistakes and the turnovers and the drop passes. I mean, how many times did we discuss all those things with the Chiefs? And that's what's going to trip them up in the playoffs, even though through two games of the playoffs it really has not tripped them up because they've become a better version of themselves. I think we're going to look back – I mean, if this thing continues to go on, I think we're going to look back at that Raiders game on Christmas and, and really talk about it being the turning point because there were so many – Bad things happened that game when it came to getting lined up. They get, didn't break the huddle on time. There was confusion. Um, and all those things kind of came to a head where that next week, the Chiefs coaches, players, staff meetings, they changed things up. They're like, this is so bad that there needs to be a major change. So like they got coaches together in meetings and said, how can we clean up the pre-snap process? How can we get it so it's more simple so that the players can get signed, get, get lined up get ready to play, get out there, and go make plays. And since then, I mean, really, Cincinnati was better. Uh, they had the Week 18 game that didn't count. And then the Dolphins was better. I mean, not perfect, but 26 points. Um, that's going to be good enough for this defense most days. And then the Bills game was one of their best of the season, obviously, uh, with what they were able to do last week. So I, I do think that sometimes you hear Bill Stokes talk about this with KU, where, where teams go through stuff is what he calls it. They go through stuff, and they come out better because of it. I do think that Raiders game potentially, it seemed like such a bad loss at the time. But it, it made them, it was so bad, it made them shake things up. And them shaking things up offensively has meant that their offense has come out on the other side much better. And now we're seeing a different Chiefs team than before. So if that led to what is happening now, then I think the Chiefs obviously are going to say that was all worth it. All right, Jesse Newell with us from the Kansas City Star. Does Isaiah Pacheco get enough love? Because we talk Mahomes, we talk Kelsey, we talk the receivers. Uh, we talk about uh, the, the disappointments to some degree of the regular season. This guy has really, really developed into one of the NFL's best rushers, in my opinion. He doesn't make many mistakes, which might surprise people because he runs at such a frantic pace. Uh, but this guy is, to me a big plus on the Chiefs' side of this game coming up Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a – you know, we can have a conversation about running backs and how they're not as valuable as other players, but I think Pacheco does a couple really, really good things for the Chiefs. One is, like you said, the style he runs with, it gives the Chiefs a physical mentality that really pumps up his teammates. And they want to run the football, and they, they want to block hard for him. And – I'm not sure that was around before he came here. You know what I mean? Like the reputation of the, the early 2020s Chiefs are kind of like defensively like eh, a little soft. They don't really hit you in the mouth. You know what I mean? And now you look at the Chiefs, it's like, what did Miami come out of that game thinking? Man, this Chiefs team in the cold punched us in the mouth. You know what I mean? They were physical. 
and they're also physical on the offensive end, and part of that is Isaiah Pacheco. You look at, like, plays of the game, and we talk all we want about, and I just did, about, hey, the Chiefs defense got to stop, and they got the missed field goal. The game was not over, guys. There's a minute 44 left. Two timeouts for the Bills. Everybody in the stadium knows the Chiefs are going to run it. If you run it three times, you're putting the ball away in bad conditions against the win, and the Bills are getting the ball back with about a minute left with that offense. Uh, and that first down play that Pacheco had was just unbelievable. I mean, he should have gotten, like, three yards, and he got eight. I just could continue to move his legs. And he's not a perfect bat. He's not always as patient as he needs to be. When he gets a one-on-one play, he rarely makes the guy miss one-on-one. But what he does so well is what I just said is he turns four-yard gains into seven-yard gains. He turns five-yard gains into nine-yard gains. He's always keeping his pad level low and moving that pile forward. And for this Chiefs offense, those extra yards just mean so much. It changes the situation you need to play with. They don't need a home run back. They need a guy that is physical and that grinds out those yards and able to put them in better situations. So, yeah, he's been really good, and, and you, we need to put this in there too. Jarek McKinnon's not available, so Isaiah Pacheco is being asked to do a lot more in pass protection and the and the the, uh, the receiving game as well, and he stepped right up to the challenge. So to have all that from a back, to have to play with that mentality and also be a guy on his rookie deal, uh, the Chiefs really found something with that seventh-round pick. What are the odds uh, you think that uh, a lesser heralded uh, offensive player will will make a potentially game changing play, or do you think it's keep it simple? We got Kelsey, we got Pacheco, we got Rice now. Uh, obviously, Mahomes can can make plays. Uh, is that the more likely kind of scenario? That's a good question because it, it really depends on your thought on this. Because um, if you're playing the Dolphins and you're four and a half point favorites at home you sort of just want nothing bad to happen. You know what I mean? If, if things just play out as they're supposed to, you're going to win the game. So, like, don't make any crazy fumbles. Don't make any crazy interceptions. Just just play the thing out and hope, you know, things are pretty much normal. When you're a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, do you want to do some crazy? Like, is Kadarius Tony healthy? Man, that guy's been so unreliable all year, but he's got more wiggle than anybody else in the receiving room. I, I think for the Chiefs, what's cost them so much this year is just been the mistake. So I would not be surprised if they avoided those players, and I'm probably going to throw McCole Hardman in there now since on his two touches Sunday he had two fumbles, including what would have been a crushing, crushing blow if the Chiefs had lost that game uh, for him to fumble at the one-yard line through the end zone. Just a horrible mistake on a first down. Uh, so I don't have that exact answer, but at some point it feels like a Chiefs player is going to have to make a play from home. You know what I mean? Like you can't just beam up everything open. You can't just have everything um, be just – you know, your coaches being smarter than the other guys. The other guys' coaches are pretty smart, too, as we've seen from the Ravens this year. So I don't know who that player is, and it'd be really tough for me to say that no guy's going to stand up after we saw MBS after doing literally nothing all year other than run coverage off, make two huge plays in this past game. So that's always possible. That's what makes the playoffs fun, is you can completely rewrite the narrative. And I guess one that we'll keep an eye on, um, Sky Moore is eligible to come back. Um, I don't know. Like, would Sky Moore two straight AFC Championship games being the hero? Uh, that would be a crazy storyline if it happened. But like I said, with this Chiefs team, you really just can't count anything out because they're going to need somebody to make a play against the Baltimore Ravens. Well, a hugely anticipated game. We've been talking about it with uh, Kansas City star beat writer Jesse Newell. Jesse, we really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck on your travels to Baltimore, and we'll read your work. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys.